Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we also have our YouTube channel, which is under my name, Susan Puzio. And we have our website, propheticnews.com. And there's many wonderful articles there that I've collected over the years. And we have our books, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? And that's available on Amazon. And our book about Paula White, the former heretic in the White House. So I've been working diligently over the past few weeks to try to update one of the books. And it's been a lot of work, but we have... uh, compiled quite a bit of new information. So anyway, that'll be out shortly, hopefully. And uh, there's so many things going on in the world today. I, I'm i just amazed at how quickly things are changing, especially for our brethren there in Canada. We have this situation with the truckers, and, and so the government, especially Trudeau, is trying to stop the peaceful protests of the mandates, which people have a right to choose what is going to happen to their body, absolutely. And the latest thing is, and and you can hardly believe that this would happen, is that they're going to take the pets away from the truckers if they have pets in their trucks, and they're going to take them away and possibly euthanize them as a punishment. Now, what kind of a ruler or a leader of a country would do something like that? It's like, who are these people? And where did they come from? How do people get such a messed up mind? And then they want to freeze their bank accounts so that they they can't get access to their money. And they've been harassing people that have been making donations to a fund that was set up by the truckers. What gives anybody the right to freeze your assets unless you're really committing a crime? Usually they do that when there's some kind of tax fraud or something like that. But because you're making a donation to an organization that you believe in, we never thought that we were going to see days like this. So as a church and as the body of Christ, we have to be aware of what's going on so that we can continue to fight the good fight and be wise as serpents and harmless as doves because we need to know what's going on. And of course, we can't stop the book of Revelation from coming to pass and I guess it's been a shock for most of us to realize that 
we're seeing so many things right before our eyes, and we never thought we would live to see these days. It always seemed like the end times would be so far in the distant future. But this is kind of a foreshadowing, I believe, of what's to come. And the book of Second Peter 2.3 says, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. And we're seeing the rise, I think, of many false prophets and false teachers. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen so many people using the gospel and really abusing the gospel for their own gain. It's an epidemic. And as these people tell you to live by faith, they can't live by faith themselves. They can't stop begging. They can't stop deceiving. And they can't stop manipulating. I believe that if someone is, someone has a ministry and someone's preaching the gospel, that it's up to the Lord, really, to provide for that ministry. And you don't have to beg and you don't have to manipulate, and you don't have to cry that you're going off the air or you, you can't continue your work unless people send in donations. It's up to the Lord to speak to people, and that's the way it's supposed to be. As far as the manipulation that goes on in the name of Jesus, it's a disgrace to the cause of Christ, it leads people astray. They take advantage of hurting people, and there's so many people that are hurting right now because they, they've they lost their jobs or they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so, the and the prices, oh, the prices of everything have gone up. And then not only the prices go up, but your taxes go up. And your insurances go up. Everything goes up. So people are desperate, and they're looking for a way out. So some of these so-called preachers, they call themselves preachers of the gospel, but they're nothing but money-grubbing liars for the most part. They do. They lie on God. They lie on Jesus. They lie on the Holy Spirit. And I wouldn't want to be them. I don't care how many millions of dollars they have. It's just not worth it. It's it's just not worth it. I I would hate to be them. I would I would just hate to be them to uh, think about compromising the gospel for uh, filthy lucre's sake. It's so much better to trust God because he said he would meet our needs according to his riches and glory. And he said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. So you just live your life every day seeking first the kingdom, and God will add all the things that you need. He truly is a faithful God and a good heavenly father. So I just wanted to mention one thing, too, that... When we talk about things on the program, and we've been doing this for 12 years, 
sometimes we might mention a television program or a movie or a book. We've had hundreds of topics that we've talked about, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're endorsing the uh, thing that we're talking about. So I'm going to try to be more diligent in the future that if we do mention something that we do say that we're not endorsing it because it's very important to make that clear. We've, we don't want to lead anybody astray or to send them to a website or send them somewhere where it could hurt their walk with the Lord. So I just wanted to mention that, that if we do mention something, it's not an endorsement. And like I said, we've talked about hundreds of things on this program that doesn't mean that you should go study the Book of Mormon or you should study the Catholic Catechism it, or that you should watch a television program or a movie that could hurt your walk with the Lord. I think as Christians, really, we know when to turn things off. It was like one time I was reading the that Masonic book that was written by Pike I had found it online, and I was going to do some research about the Masons, so I started to read through some of the chapters, and it was so horrible. I knew when to stop reading, and I think for most of us, we know if if we're watching a television program or we're watching a movie, and all of a sudden we see something, we go, uh-oh, you know? <laughs> like when they, they use the Lord's name in vain, or there's some kind of a scene that comes on that we're not supposed to look at the holy spirit convicts us i believe if we're born again the holy spirit is going to convict us and tell us when to turn something off and when not to look so anyway our show today is about a very important subject and we see so much of it i can't believe (laughs) i can't believe how many people I find on the internet that are doing this $1,000 seed deal that they're doing and trying to get people to give these uh, $1,000 seeds and they're promising, oh, it's so despicable, promising that your children are going to get off drugs, that if you put it on your credit card and you show God your faith that he's going to erase all your credit card debt, the tactics are really despicable. And that's not the way God operates. We do not bribe our, our earthly parents. I can't ever remember, and probably most of you out there would say the same thing, I can't ever remember giving when I needed something from my parents that I would go up to my parents and say, well, here, here's $5. I need 100 but here's 5 and I'm going to sow this to you so you see my faith, and then you're going to give me the 100 Your earthly parents don't do that. <laughs> Most of the time, your earthly parents know what you need even before you ask, and they're usually willing to do whatever they can to meet your needs and to make sure that you're taken care of. So how much more does your Heavenly Father love you 
and he sees your needs, you don't have to pay him off. You don't have to give him $1,000 because he doesn't need it. He doesn't operate with uh, cash. He operates with faith. And, and uh, we show God our faith by trusting him and believing him, not by giving money to some preacher. That's not how we show God our faith. He, no, that's not how we show God our faith. And so these people are liars and deceivers of the worst kind. And they're out there like I've never seen before. And you see them with their fancy suits, their tailor-made suits, and their Rolex watches, and their expensive clothes, and their sports cars, and their mansions, and and they're going to tell you that it was God that did all this for me. And and you know why God did this for me? Because I tithe, and because I sow seeds, and that's not true. It's not true. And if you want to tithe to your church, that's fine. But you don't tithe just because you think you're going to get something in return or because you're cursed. No, Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the cursed, the curse. So don't let anybody tell you you're cursed because you cannot curse what God has blessed. And we are a blessed people. And God is only going to give you what he thinks you can handle. He's not going to give you so much money that you're going to backslide and you're going to lose your faith. That's not a loving Heavenly Father. He's going to give you what you need. And at, at the right times, sometimes we say, well, why did this happen to me? I don't understand. And why isn't God giving me this? And I have all these tremendous needs. We don't know, we, we're not going to understand everything on this earth and why things happen the way they do. I think all of us have been through trials of one kind or another during our lives, and especially those of us that have lived a long time. But ultimately, God, in his mercy, and he's been good to us, he will always show us his goodness, and yet he will always show us his correction, too. So it, it's time for some of these people to be corrected, and we're seeing some of it now. There, there's a new documentary that's going to come out about the Hillsong Church, and uh, I think we're going to see more and more of these investigations going on even by worldly people this is being done by a worldly organization it's not being done by a christian organization but you wonder to yourself why why did they cover up and brian houston is the head of hillsong is being investigated or he's being charged anyway with trying to cover up his father's sex crimes i don't know what's going to happen with that we'll see and then, of course, they had the Carl Lentz scandal in New York where they have this man leading the church as the pastor, and meanwhile he's carrying on an affair with a Muslim girl that's not even saved. And it really makes you wonder, because here's somebody that could, that could really preach the gospel, or he could attract a crowd, and they did. They had a big, big crowd in that church. And yet he didn't really, he, he didn't really believe what he was saying. He couldn't believe what he was saying. So what kind of people are these organizations appointing to positions where you're going to have the respect of the congregation, people are looking up to you, and it could cause many, many people to stumble? 
because when you're leading, when you have a public ministry and you're out there, people watch your life and you have to be a good testimony. You're responsible for being a good testimony to the public that's watching you or listening to you. And you don't want to do anything that's going to cause someone to stumble or, or, or is going to hurt someone. But this guy didn't care. He didn't care. So their judgment, really, as, a, as an organization, was way off. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with the false, some of the false teachings that uh, they espouse. And, and a, lot of, a lot of times when you have false teaching, that's what happens is people are, are backslidden. They backslide. They just think they can do anything. But the Bible says your sin will find you out, and it will. And it's better to repent privately to the Lord when you know you're doing something you shouldn't be doing because eventually the, God, the Lord will expose you publicly, and then it's even worse the embarrassment, the humiliation. And uh, we've seen it happen over and over again, but I think we're going to see these things happen more so in the future as a warning to the real church, to the remnant church, is that don't go the way of these people. Stay close to God. Stay in his word. And... Build yourself up. Build yourself up in the most holy faith because you can't depend on your pastor. You can't depend on your best friend or whoever. You're the one that needs to get yourself strong and stay in the word and know what the Bible says for yourself because there's so many differing opinions out there today and a lot of it is opinions, but it's not gospel. And there was a, there was something I heard the other day. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. As I flip through the channels and I'm looking at, well, we probably have about 10, I would say, so-called Christian channels on the DirecTV that I have, the satellite network. And I saw Lindsay Roberts and so I, I stopped because I hadn't seen them in a long time, Richard Roberts and Lindsay Roberts. And so I hear Lindsay talking about pin the tail on a donkey. And I'm thinking, okay, we probably played that when we were kids. I know I did at birthday parties or whatever. That's a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. But anyway... Here's some of what she said. Fascinating. And I always wake Richard up and I grab my cell phone and start texting <laughs> as much as I can because some of it is so vivid, I don't want to forget it. And and I'll tell Richard either, write this down. Of course, it's usually the middle of the night. <laughs> but recently, um, long before the mess we're going to talk about, recently I saw a billboard and I thought, oh, this is going to be very exciting. In the dream. In now. the dream. And I remember driving up to the billboard and I remember seeing the words, let's play pin the tail on the donkey. Now, now that's and most Jesus unusual. is saying, come play pin the tail on Jesus the donkey with me. Well, it's interesting because 
that's out of my comfort zone. I don't mind the game. I've let my kids play the game. I've actually played the game before, but what I don't like about it is being blindfolded, spun around, have something sharp in my hand. I'm, it's like, it's not my personality. Not me to be spun around and, hey, let's all get dizzy and out of control. That's but not me. But Jesus, in the vision, Jesus said that to And you. Jesus said, no, come on, bring your friends, let's play. And I thought, he's trying to get me out of my comfort zone. And I thought, okay, it sounds really, okay, I am going to be obedient. I really believe he wanted me out of my comfort zone. He wanted to see if I was being obedient. So this is where I am. And then we keep going. And all of a sudden, we all look down in our hands. Well, I gathered my he, friends. He, he, he said, bring others too. And he said, bring others too. Exactly. And I gathered my friends. I gathered people that I knew. I, got, I was saying, come on, everybody, come on. We're going to play pin the tail on the donkey. It's so exciting. And I was trying to, like, be excited. And all of a sudden, we had those little tails, you know, in the game, mm -hmm. in our hand with the little pins stuck in them. Thought, okay, here we go. And I walked up to, I remember bringing everybody up to this billboard, only all of a sudden, the donkey that was the billboard disappeared. And it was the vision, it's so hard to say this, but it was like the white spotless lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The donkey became a lamb. The donkey disappeared. Wow. And it was this beautiful, spotless lamb. And I could, my head was being flooded with scriptures on the lamb of God. And I mean, it's just like no, illuminated with all these the, beautiful the scriptures. The lamb of God, which taketh, taketh away the, away sins, the, of the sins of the world. Talking about Jesus. Yes. And so I looked down at my hand and I thought, I can't pin this tail on the spotless lamb of God. And all of a sudden, it wasn't a tail anymore. We all looked down at our hands and it was a cross, you know, like a laminated, you know, you'd cut something out and then you laminate it. Cross in your hand, cross in your hand. And to laminate it, you can write on it. Mm -hmm. And we all had these little permanent markers. And all of a sudden, I'm looking, let me set my glasses down. I'm looking at marker in one hand so I could write. And then the the cross in my hand. And so here I am with my cross and And what did and Jesus marker. tell you to do with it? And Jesus said, put it on the cross. And I got... Like, okay, put it on the cross. He said, your sins, your disappointments, sorrows, grief, excitement, something you're looking forward to. Your Tell hopes. everybody, put it on the cross, whatever it is that they're going through. Your hopes, your, your dreams, hopes, your, your dreams. And, and I was reminded, all of a sudden, it was like my mind was flashing. And I was reminded how in 2020, we all thought, you know, COVID would be over with come 2021. Well, that didn't happen. And then there's all these weird statistics out how people thought as soon as they get over 2020, Everything's going to be new and in 2021. 2021 but and 2021 seemed to be like these, you were saying, you know, the supply chain, and then we've got this shortage, and then we've got these variants, and it just kept going and going and going. And so 2021, for a lot of people, seemed to be maybe discouraging or disappointing or the job they were hoping for mm -hmm. or going back to work or rebuilding their company. Mm -hmm. So he said, take it all and put it on the cross. And then here we are in 22. And here we are in 22, and he's saying, tell everybody around you, put it on the cross. So I said, okay, everybody, look in your hands. You've got a cross, and you've got a pen. Put it on the cross. So you wrote down all... So we were all writing it down. Uh -huh. You know, um, visions, dreams, um, things you were hoping for, things you're believing for, a new job, a better job, this for my children, whatever. He said, put it all on the cross. And he said, and then bring it to me. I thought, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. How am I going to in a sense, pin this on the spotless lamb. But I'm trying to be obedient. Next billboard comes up. And I said, come on, everybody. We're going to put it on the cross. And then we're going to do what Jesus said. And we all looked up. And all of a sudden, the spot.
Now, can you imagine Jesus telling her to pin the tail on the donkey? <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, here's part two. Atlas lamb disappeared. And here's Jesus with his hands stretched out, just stretched out. And he said, now lay it in my hands. He said, I want you to believe in what the cross did. Believe in the cross. Believe that the work of the cross was enough. And I wrote it down what he said exactly. I think he said, oh, I remember it now. Trust the cross. Trust the work on the cross. Put it on the cross. And then he said, put it on the cross. So we put it on the cross. And then he said, that's, that's not enough. He said, now release it. Bring it to me. Let it go. You have to trust me. You have to trust me enough that when you put it on the cross, you can let it go and I can take care of it. Wow. So then we walked up to that billboard and all of a sudden it was like, I don't know how to describe it. You say three-dimensional, 3D, however you say those, you know, it, it mm -hmm. was like illuminated and his hands were outstretched. And Richard, as we were bringing it to him, as we put it on the cross and we brought it to Jesus, oh my goodness, people were jumping, people were excited, people were getting healed. But the most important thing is the glory of God came down. And he said, trust the cross. Now you said some people walked away, though. You're right. Some people were walking away, and they were mad, and they were sarcastic, and they were, I don't believe in that. Oh, that's just stupid. That's just a childish game. And I thought, but well, others... I, I, I can't make you do this. But I realized that in my obedience, doing something that might have been out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. or different, in making myself be obedient, I could trust Jesus. I could trust the cross. I could trust the work on the cross. Write the vision down. Make it plain. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> and as we wrote it on the cross, when we handed it over to him, oh, I can't explain it. But you know when you say joy unspeakable and full of glory? Yes. There was such joy. The joy of the Lord was there. The glory of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. The power of the Lord. And it was it, all I, I, I don't want to laugh at this because this is a word that I love to use, but I've also seen other people think, yeah, we're waiting for a revival. It was like a revival. Mm -hmm. It was like everybody there was in revival mode. We were excited. We expected a miracle. We understood healing. We understood the work of the cross, and we understood that Jesus wanted us to turn it over to him. Well, when she told me about this dream, and then we gathered our team together, and she told our team together the dream. She said, let's build, <laughs> she said, let's build a huge cross in the studio. Well, <laughs> what studio? Well, and that brings us to what happened. We you had, have to laugh to avoid crying. We had a, a pipe <laughs> burst. And, uh, it started uh, above, up and uh, went down. And, and you know, when a pipe up above bursts, you know where the water goes. The water came right straight down. It flooded our studio. It wiped out a bunch of our studio. We had it hit the cameras. Hit the it cameras, hit the carpets. It, 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 it hit the it, sets. It hit the anything that was on the set. It hit. <laughs> it was like a rainforest. But but we we you in fact to, in fact you're, there there's some of the video showing the the guys grabbed a hand camera handheld camera and showed. <laughs> Oh, they're showing that on the screen now. You can't laugh, but at the same time, you have to laugh at the devil. I be when Richard told me about it, I began to laugh. And he looked at me like, Lindsay, let me explain to you. what I said, no, no, I'm laughing at the devil. I refuse to release my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not the circumstances. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that was a new one to me because... <laughs> 
I, I really can't imagine Jesus appearing to somebody and saying, pin the tail on the donkey. And most of us know about the cross and the work of the cross. And we know, although sometimes, yes, we have to be reminded to turn, turn things over to the Lord and try to stop figuring it out for ourselves. <laughs> oh, anyway, these, these people always have these far-out dreams with these very spiritual meanings, and they were saying that, oh, Lindsay, lately she's been getting a lot of visions. And when we put when we place put these visions on our social media platforms, we get thousands and thousands of people looking at it and asking about it. Well, it, it but it, it's hard to believe. It, it's hard to believe that Jesus said, "Pin the tail on the donkey." <laughs> oh. Anyway, here's Mike Murdoch and the thousand dollar seed tonight to plant a thousand dollar seed. Now oh, you say, Roberts. "Well, I, I don't have the cash. Put on your credit card." That's what she. That's what the Holy Spirit told her. And watch what God does. A thousand dollar gift. You say, well, "What God has done for her as a result of her obedience." He's speaking to a lot of people tonight. To sow a thousand dollars. You can do it by a check, you can do it by a credit card, by a debit card, however you feel it. Uh, I prayed over this, I've laid my hands on it. This prayer cloth is dangerous to the devil. Now, if you'd like to receive one, you can. And I was challenging people to plant a thousand dollar seed. And she took that challenge that night. She planted a thousand dollar seed on her credit card. And since then, God has given her a new home, uh, increased her finances, and her son got the Queen Elizabeth II scholarship as one of the outstanding students in his high school. God has blessed her. And she was telling me in the email how thrilled she was that she sowed that seed. The Lord laid it on my heart tonight. I hadn't planned to do this, but the Lord laid it on my heart to challenge others to do like she did, to plant a $1,000 seed. Now, I'm setting my faith that God is speaking to the hearts of those he wants to sow. Are you one of them? Oh, your faith can do a whole lot when you plant your seed. Now, once again, let me say it. I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something, God's power, God's miracles to you. Those that are watching, and I believe there's at least 1,000 people that are going to say, I'm going to step up right now. And I am going to give a 1,000 measures, whether it's a $1,000 or a 1,000 quarters or a 1,000 dimes. But I believe... There are people that it's conducive to their ability right now to give the thousand dollars or ten thousand. God gets exciting about, <laughs> oh. excited about thousand fold giving, <laughs> and once you get there, why would you leave? Why not walk in this lifestyle? Why not step up and stay up? You know, God wants you to step up and advance in the kingdom. You know, the number thousand represents unlimited power. This thousandfold blessing is not some kind of a gimmick. I hate gimmicks. I don't like manipulations and gimmicks. No. The baby was in jeopardy of dying. Its kidneys were blocked. She ran up, so to seed. Believe God. Right then. She didn't wait. She didn't have time. By Monday, that child was declared whole. Come on, somebody give God the praise. See, when it's your baby on the line, 
when it's the thing you really want more than anything in life, you'll do whatever you can to get a miracle. Miracles aren't hard for God. That's a product of your faith in Him. But there's something about a seed. Every time I've told the story, and I only share it when the Holy Spirit inspires me, babies start getting healed. Babies right now are getting healed through the airways. I have a nickname for God. I like to call him Jehovah Overflow. Don't you want to get out of that cycle of being in catch-up mode all the time, always problem after problem, struggle after struggle? And Jeremiah said God would raise up new shepherds, feed the sheep. God cares about sheep. He cares about you. He loves you. I've got a chapter in this book called Thousandfold Love. The blinded eyes open. The deaf hearing. And I said that right now, some deaf ears are opening up. And you need to go to the phone and give God the praise and the glory. And you need to put a seed in the ground and say, thank you, Lord. Now, $1,000 is $1,001 bills. Brother Clark. How, how do you ever get like that? How does anybody ever get that messed up to say that God Almighty gets excited about a $1,000 seed? What planet are you on? And then he's saying that someone's sick baby got healed because the mother gave $1,000? That is real. Talk about sick. That is really sick. And then he so deceived this guy that he says that, oh, I hate gimmicks and I hate manipulation. Well, that's a gimmick and that's manipulation. I don't know how these guys sleep at night. That's despicable. This is a telethon that was done at Super Channel 55 in Orlando, which is Claude, Claude, Claude Bowers. And uh, he's not, not that really well-known, but you do see him on occasion on some other networks helping people raise funds. But if you have to sink that low to raise money, then you better get another job. Anyway, here's part two. God said something earlier. A thousand dimes is a hundred dollars. Here's what I believe God asked me to ask you. I believe this is an inspired instruction of God. The Holy Ghost said, do what I told you. Now, right now, the Holy Ghost is telling some people the same thing right now. Do what the Holy Spirit's telling you. They rushed him to the hospital. They called us frantic. I told the parents, I said, you're forgetting something. You have $1,000 in the soil as a testimony of the goodness of God. That same seed is a memorial before God, and God's going to honor you. And don't worry about this. We began to rebuke the spirit of death. And for some reason, that thousand-measure gift causes God to show up on the scene. The point is, and you'll see this in the Thousandfold Principle book, the kingdom of God has a number system. See, God bases everything on numbers. Your very makeup and DNA is based on numbers. We didn't know that till recently. But God knows the numbers of them. The Bible says that. Scientists finally caught up with what the Bible said about DNA. You see, there are people in this world who don't know God. They don't have any relationship with Jesus, but they're working the principles. They're building Apple and Google and Yahoo, and HP. But God has a better plan for you.
And that plan is based on his promise to release an anointing that will unlock and loose prosperity into your life. God knows where that stuff is. He told the disciples, he said, when you go in there, loose the donkey and the colt. If anybody says anything to you, tell them the Lord has need of them. I'm telling you, can you imagine today? Now we think like, you know, we watch these old black and white movies. Well, it's a donkey and a colt. What if it was a Mercedes-Benz or a, a brand-new Ferrari sitting there and the guys from the ministry team of Jesus just all of a sudden stepped in, took the car. We'd call it Grand Theft Auto today, but just take it for the purpose of the kingdom. The Bible says, he said, if anybody objects, then just overrule by saying the Lord has need. Not 998, not 99. I want to know why. What is it technically that makes it work? And I believe God revealed this to me. And as Brother Claude said in the secret of the thousandfold DVD, and of course the book that I have, I explain that in great detail. And God thinks in thousands. Yes. He's going to come back and rule on the earth a thousand years. <laughs> come on. Okay, he's going to come back in approximately 6,000 years from man's creation. Yes. And it was 4,000 years basically from Adam to Jesus and 2,000 years hence and one more thousand. <laughs> oh, that is really twisted. That is really twisted. But that's what happens. It, and it happens to many of these people that, especially when they start TV networks or they, they uh, decide that they're going to go on television and it's so very, very expensive to buy television time. I don't know what it costs now. I know at one point, back in the 1980s, when I was, when a television license became available where I was living, and they wanted uh, something like $25,000 to buy the tower and to buy the the television station, which was very cheap at the time. And so in order for us to cover the budget, we were going to charge $50 an hour for the airtime. So even at, at that amount of money, $50 an hour, and uh, every day if you, if you raise that much money selling airtime and then you had a couple hundred thousand dollars by the end of the month or whatever, so, or at the end of the year. It was enough money to run the network, to pay all the bills and to run the network. So most of these people that have television stations, and I have no idea what it costs now because there's satellites involved and that kind of thing, so it's probably more expensive, but they usually make enough money to run their networks by selling the airtime. But yet, they, it's never enough. It's never enough because they have to buy more networks and, and they have to build more buildings. And this guy, uh, Claude Bowers, he was starting to build this tower there in Orlando, just off the highway. And I think it was 10 stories or it was, it, it, it's a big, big building. And uh, anyway, I, I think... It's still not finished, and it's been, they've been building it for well over 10 years. I think it's called the Majesty Building or something like that. But anyway, it was going to be an office complex, and he wanted it to be very, very tall because he wanted everybody to notice it. 
And so he had to turn to miracle selling. And really, you, you have to have some kind of a reprobate mind to talk about Jesus that way and to talk about God the Father that way, that they need money in order to move for you. They need to see your faith in order to move for you. You're desperate. Your baby's dying. And they want you to believe that God needs some money in order for him to do anything. But yet Jesus never did that when he walked on the earth. Jesus never asked anybody for any money to perform miracles. Never. So if he didn't do it when he was on the earth, then it's not true. It's not true. That's not the way God operates. It's, it's just despicable. But the more they get, the more they want. And when they realize that they can manipulate people to get what they want, they cross the line. Then they cross the line. And they're no longer worthy of being in any kind of public ministry. They're not, they should not be supported If anybody uses these tactics, they should not be supported. But they are supported. (laughs) People send the money. And they are supported. And they they get richer and richer and richer. But what, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his own soul? It's just not worth it. And you, you can't believe that they don't realize it. Some of them along the way probably were born again and they they probably really knew the Lord and then when it came to building a ministry and it's really building their name or building their little kingdom they compromise and if you start compromising a little bit in the financial realm especially you're going to lose out with God if you only do things to please people that are giving you money and I've seen seen that over and over again in churches, especially where the big donors are, the things that they do are overlooked. And if if you're not contributing as much as they are, and, and if you're doing something, you're going to be called on the carpet for it. But the big donors aren't because they don't want to lose those donations. So... It's a very important thing if you're doing any kind of public ministry is you're not ruled by donations. You have to do it whether you get donations or you don't get donations. You have to do what God tells you to do. You find a way to do it. And God sees what you're doing. God knows your heart more than anybody else knows your heart. And so he rewards you openly. But they have to, uh, use these kind of despicable tactics to get what you want to, uh, build a ministry. It's just not worth it. (laughs) You know, it's just not worth it. So anyway, here's, uh, Mike. Somebody's son is going to be set free from alcohol because of your thousand dollar seat somebody is going to avoid a divorce because of the thousand dollar seat some girl on drugs 
whose mama's been praying for her is going to be set free from drugs because of a thousand. And what I make happen for others, Ephesians 6, 8, God will make happen for me. I don't want you to call until I finish my prayer. And as soon as I finish my prayer, I want you to go to the phone, dial the number on the screen and simply say, I'm one of the 1,000. I'm going to faith in somehow in 90 days a $1,000 seed. You may already have the thousand. It may be something you put aside for retirement or a college or a vacation. You may have put some money aside that nobody knows about and God's giving you a picture. It may be in the bottom of your closet. It may be in a sock. Maybe between your mattresses. It may be an account that nobody knows about but you and God. That's not your harvest. That thousand dollars won't get you anywhere until God touches it. Everything God touches multiplies. Precious Holy Spirit, I ask you for a thousand miracles within 90 days. I don't know who the thousand people are, but there's 1,000 watching me that needs a harvest much more than they need the seed. They know, like I know, that they can't do very much with a thousand. Probably can't buy a real good sofa with a thousand. But we can bring it and present it to you for multiplication. I told my testimony. I ask you for a Boaz anointing and in the name of Jesus and this word, I come into a covenant that today is the poorest you will ever be the rest of your life. I decree that this is the thousand dollars that breaks forever the back of poverty. I come into a covenant with you that every time God blesses me, he blesses you. I come into a covenant that the house that's become toilsome, tormenting to you to pay off. I ask God from the north, the south, the east, and the west to supernaturally bring you miracle money that causes you to be a trophy on display to your family. I pray that God uses you to show off to your unsaved mom, dad, children that you have a Jehovah Jireh in your life. I'm going to ask God to show his power off to you. I ask you one thing, to brag on him the rest of your life. But every time God gives you a miracle, you'll tell everybody what he's done for you. You have a Jehovah Jireh. I set myself in covenant that the next 90 days will be the most ridiculously wonderful days you've had in the history of your life. That in the back of your Bible, you will document today. This date, this date that you're listening to me, you will write that in the back of your Bible and cut off 90 days and watch the supernatural. Something in God's hand is going to be released because when something leaves my hand, something leaves God's hand. Nothing leaves heaven till something leaves the earth. Delayed obedience is disobedience. In the name of Jesus, I decree your harvest. It is Jesus. That's shocking, isn't it? It's very shocking. Anyway, they should do away with these telethons. 
because it, it's like a dog and pony show. That's what happens. And uh, Mike Murdoch is like the king of the seed faith scams. He's built his whole ministry, or so-called ministry anyway, on these seed faith scams. And it started out with the $58 blessing. That was the big thing that Mike Murdoch did for many, many years, is he did the $58 blessing. And then it, it started to increase, and uh, it went up to the $1,000 seed. Of course, he also asks for $10,000 seeds and whatever, so he can buy, I don't know how many houses he owns and and how many fancy cars he drives and what kind of an airplane he has and so it's fine if if you have those things and you earned it honestly through proper investments or maybe you're smart enough to know how to earn that kind of money but to use Jesus Christ and and then to say nothing leaves heaven until something leaves the earth as if they have some kind of a direct connection to God where you give the money to them and then they give it to God somehow, they get it up there to heaven. And when they get it up there to heaven and they put it in God's hand, then all of a sudden then God releases more money to you. Well, that doesn't even make any sense because first of all, God doesn't have money in heaven. So how is he going to get it down to you when there's no money up there? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, he's he's still doing it. He he had some kind of a brain surgery not a year or so ago. And uh, I was really hoping that sometimes when you're facing your death, you repent and you tell the body of Christ you're sorry for all the horrible things you've done to them over the years. But not him. No, he didn't repent. Even though he was facing his death, he didn't know really if he was going to come out of the surgery or if he was going to be disabled or whatever. Usually sometimes after you have some brain surgery, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But it didn't stop him. No, it didn't stop him. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. Anyway... Let me see if I can pick up some more clips here from my clipboard. Here's another one. Have you? A little. A little oh. And so I, I, I made, you know, the big stack where it was brand new. And I like brand new money. I just, I don't want any money around me. It's not, I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand, than an old 20. Now that's kind of dumb, isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like $100 bills? Oh, yeah. I like oh. new money, too. Oh. Most beautiful thing on earth is a $100 bill. I hadn't seen a woman as good looking as a $100 bill. There's something about a $100 bill that excites you. <laughs> So anyway, I gave it to her just just because uh, I did to my sister. She took off the other day for somewhere, and so as she went to leave, and uh, I went out to her and her and her husband. I said, "Sis, I just want to give you a stack of money just to feel good, just to feel good, just stroke it." And she, he said, "We don't give to get something back." Oh yes, we do. 
<laughs> oh, yes, we do. A man came to me and said, Brother Mike, when I give to God, I expect nothing in return. I said, I wrote a little song for you. How dumb thou art. How dumb thou art. My biggest fear is going to hell with all the stupid people in one place. I think I can handle the fire. It's, it's all Yeah, food. we'll see. At the same place. That makes you want to go to heaven, don't it? I mean, I can't hardly take one idiot, much less all of them in one place. Uh, some people do $250 for the next four months, or you could put it on your credit or your debit card and get that seed in the ground quickly yes, yes, so that yes. you can receive that quick and bountiful harvest. Eight and so I said to the Lord, I said, I already have a debt-free house. I did that already, and I don't need to do it again. He says, are you going to only want one house during your lifetime? And I thought, of course not. You want more than one house when you get older. You want it. And even all the animals that I've owned, you've heard about my animals, you know. My deer, my llamas, my uh, African lion, my zebra, my monkey. You know a man's lonely when he starts buying those kind of exotic animals, don't you? Isn't that powerful? Now, I said that to say, I was, I was looking. I've been single 33 years, as you know. I was looking at a magazine. It had a, a woman with a real beautiful, uh, you know, the fur coat. And, and it just leaped to my heart. I said, oh, it'd be nice to have a wife to buy that coat for. And then I turned a few pages, and there was a lady with a beautiful green uh, jade, like a jade necklace. And I said, oh, it'd be nice to have a wife to buy that for. And so I have a little girl in my church, the Wisdom Center. I dated her mother when she was a year and a half. And we stayed friends, and she's now 13 years old. She is a doll. She's precious, and I'm like a dad to her. And she'll tweet me in or text me, and she says, where are you? I miss you. Where are you? But she loves pink, and I buy everything for pink. She likes pink luggage, so when I see pink luggage, I buy it for her. If I'm somewhere, I see she, like she wanted an iPad. You have an iPad? Don't you love those iPads? And uh, so I bought a pink a little, you know, a little rubber thing to go around the pink for the iPad because they didn't have it in pink. And then I bought her a, a pink iPod. And then uh, all just pink TV. Everything pink. She likes pink. The way you receive gift number one decides if you get gift number two. <laughs> and here is how she receives, Pastor Gary. When I give her something, she always is like, oh, she just like, oh. she says, how did you know? <laughs> this is just what I've been wanting. I will probably leave one of my houses to her. She is just that impressive. She is, she's the best receiver I've ever met in my life. And I just, I, I want to buy her, I'm sure I'll buy her first car, you know, I'm sure I will. I bought her phones. I, I, she, she knows how to receive. You may already have the thousand. It may be something you put aside for retirement or a college. Or yeah, well, if I already have a thousand, I'm not giving it to you, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, talk about somebody that wants to brag about all the things he has, that's fine to tell people about the things you have. 
But the way you got those things is despicable. You didn't get them from doing an honest day's work. He got all those things by manipulating and using God's people for his own gain. And then he makes up that song about how dumb you are because the man says, well, when I give, I don't give to get anything back. I don't think anybody likes somebody giving them something and then the person expects something in return because who likes that? Nobody likes that, really. And as Christians, we give from our heart. We give because we love people, because the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we know we get a really good feeling ourselves when we give somebody something that they need or even to surprise somebody with something, a gift. It makes us feel good. And so then, because we did something for somebody, are we supposed to think, well, I hope they do something back for me? No, nobody likes that. Nobody likes it. So it's ridiculous that these people even teach these kind of things because it's contrary to the word of God. Here's, a, here's something from David E. Taylor. Don't be ashamed that you don't have anything to give. I've been there. I've been there. I've been broke with nothing. Couldn't even buy me my Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> I'm serious. And some Burger King. Somehow I would always eat Burger King with my Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't know. When I was a young person, you know. I won't tell you that I'm doing it now. But I had nothing. I was broke. I was poor. And the Lord came to me in a dream and said, you give this thousand dollars, $1,000 to this man who did you wrong, this pastor. I wake up out of that dream and I'm like, I don't have $1,000. I'm broke. He says, when I talk to you in a dream, I'm giving you revelation in about the future. I'm going to give it to you. A week later, a lady comes up to me and said, God told me to sow a seed of a thousand dollars in your life. It happened a week later. I gave the money to the pastor and it broke the back of lack in my life. Yeah. Man, I gave it to him. And God gave me a hundred thousand dollars. Oh. I paid my tithes and then gave an extra 10 on top of it. Because I said at 19 years old, Lord, I want to be a million dollar giver in your kingdom. Mm -hmm. I don't just want to receive a million, I want to give a million. Yeah. How many want to have that kind of aggressive faith in your giving? I want to give a million dollars. <laughs> and by the time I was 28, I was able to give my first million dollar seed into the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> God can bless you. I said, God oh. can bless you. God can bless your socks off. 
you believe in the Lord Jesus. Because a lot of people, when you talk about money, they get funny. And that's a bad attitude. Because they always say all, all the preachers just want your money. Yeah, well, some do. I don't want your money do. trying to get money <laughs> to you. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, uh, wow, he gave a million dollars. Yeah, sure. He gave a million dollars. He probably gave it to himself. It's like uh, Rod Parsley years ago, he was saying that he sowed a $100,000 seed and he was sowing it for his son's healing. His son has autism. So he said, and my wife and I, we went up front to the altar and we laid down a $100,000 seed. He gave it to his own ministry. He gave it to he gave it to his church that he pastors well. <laughs> anyway, you don't have to give a hundred thousand dollars to get your child healed, and if you give it to yourself, that's hardly a gift that you're giving to anybody. <laughs> like this guy, this David E. Taylor, he probably gave gave a million dollars, but he probably gave it to his own ministry. <laughs> Uh, here, here's a scary guy. This guy, I don't really know that much about this guy, Joshua Holmes, but boy, is he scary. There's such a strong anointing on um, sowing $1,000 seeds. It's miraculous what will happen as you grow in the honor anointing. The more that you move in the honor anointing, you'll step into realms where you'll dream about bringing God pleasure in your giving. I know I went through a phase in my life where as a young boy, my mother would teach me about sowing. And while I was sowing so uh, strong, I got to the degree that my mother would give me an allowance, which uh, for those of you all that don't know, like allowance is like when um, sometimes when you're a child, your parents might give you money for doing chores. But let me tell you the wild thing. I didn't get money from doing chores. My mother gave me an allowance and the Lord blessed me um, to be raised in like what, what you would call like a high class financial family. Um, though my mother was single, um, she uh, worked, and while I went to school, she had favor with the, the job where they would let her schedule be flexible. So she'll pick me up from school, and um, I'll, I'll have a caretaker with me, and um, she'll go back to work, and She'll just do it like that. Sometimes she'll work overtime, but rarely on Saturday. Uh, she And she will always have a lot of money. And so she would give me an allowance from that money. And my mother started teaching me about sewing. And so like as a little boy, I got on fire about it. Yeah. And so my mother would give me an amount of money a week. And when I got that amount of money for a week, I was so on fire about what my mother taught me that I sold. And 
my mother always taught, she taught me about sewing, but she told me always tithe off of what I give you. So my mother was expecting me to tithe, but because she had taught me about sewing, I disrespected the tithe. Praise God. And so sometimes my mother would come back during that week and say, you got that money on me? Let, uh, let me use some of it to, to go inside a gas station. Now, you know, like sometimes you might leave like the rest of your money at the house or you might have a little bit of money on the card and you might not want to use that money. So, so she'd be like, you got that money on you? Let, let me have it. And I, I ain't know what to say. I was like, uh, And my mother said, you ain't got the money. I said, I said, um, so finally, I have to confess. I'm like, well, mother, I sold it. I sold all of it to the pastor. I sold it all. She was like, no, that's okay. That's okay. But I, I could see my mother's mind. She's like, this boy right here, I told him to tithe. You done gave the whole thing. But she wasn't mad or nothing. But. I shocked my mother, you know, because my mother was like, you know, I just told you a tithe, but you done gave the whole thing. So what you believe in God for? <laughs> so bountiful sowing uh, was an anointing that I, I, I leaked into, I, I frogged into because I disrespected a tithe and I, I decided I want bountiful sowing because as a little boy, I knew my I knew my destiny on this earth was big. And some of you all have felt this, and, and I, I, I want you to um, touch ties with me on this. I knew that my destiny was big in this life. <laughs> yeah, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, because you're going to get into trouble. Your destiny is not big. <laughs> Jesus is big. But your destiny is not big. And it's a terrible thing to teach children to only give money to a church or to a ministry so that they could get something back. My mother and father never taught us that, ever. They never said, oh, Susan and my brother, make sure that you give people things so you can get something back. That's not the way you're supposed to teach your children because that's you teach your children selfishness then. And that's what's been taught in the body of Christ for the most part is just give something and you'll get more back. So that's what alarmed me back when I was in Word of Faith. It, it alarmed me more than anything when, I, when, I, when my eyes were open and I started to realize that we were raising up a bunch of selfish Christians that were only thinking about themselves and what they could get if they helped somebody else. So it's, it's created a lot of chaos in the, in the church, and you can see what's happened with all the false doctrines and all the false teaching because you just have to stray a little bit. And you start getting off the straight and narrow, and you find yourself in big trouble. And then it's too hard to get out for most of these people because they like the money. They like the lifestyle. They like the house they're living in. They like the car they're driving. They like the clothes they're wearing. They like their Rolex watch. 
And so they like all those things more than they like Jesus. But you have to be willing to give all that up for the sake of the gospel and say, I'm not going to teach those things. I'm not going to do those things. I'm going to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter what it costs me. And no matter what kind of a job I have to take, because no matter what work you're doing, at least you're doing an honest day's work. No matter what it is, if you're a truck driver or you're a trash collector or you're a sales girl, nobody should demean you because of the kind of work you're doing. If you're doing honest work, because a lot of these preachers, oh, they want to ask you, what, are you, what do you do for a living? And if you don't tell them something that can impress them, they kind of look down on you like, oh, how could you do that kind of work? Huh, at least I'm doing an honest day's work. And I'm not stealing from people and lying to people about the Lord just so that I can earn some money. Anyway, here's number two from Joshua Holmes. And as a result, I begin to increase and increase and increase and increase and increase. My biological mother, in the midst of me increasing, I'm still sheltering her. I'm still making sure she's good. God always going to have somebody in your life to let you know whether or not you have remembered him. The Bible said, remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee the power to get wealth. See, when you have a man of God, your man of God is going to let you know. That's your soul. They're going to let you know whether or not you remember the Lord. When you increase it, and some people don't. So if, if I increase financially and I don't, I don't remember who the Lord has put in my life, what I'm showing the Lord, forget you. And then that money ain't going to last. The money that you hide from God will hide all the money that God had for you in the future. And the money that you had in the future is to deliver you from this feral system and the famine and the things that's coming upon flesh and blood, the wrath of God. Money is a defense. That's the word of God. The thousand dollar seed changed my life. Now I sow thousands all the time. Mm. One of the reasons why I reach millions of people, we can have two weeks where we reach over 15 million people on just social media mm. is because of the thousand dollar seed. I've gone into networks and preached the gospel on networks, on TV, because of my thousand dollar seed. <laughs> when I honor a man of God, I don't believe in sowing less than a thousand dollars seed. The thousand dollars seed touches God. What? Solomon sold it. And when he sold it, the Lord asked him, what shall I give you? Look at the life of Solomon. He had so much pleasure, so much prosperity, so much joy, so much health. You never see Solomon sick. So much wealth. Money was coming to him at an overwhelming rate. He couldn't even track all the money because of the $1,000 seed. Because I was chosen, the Lord directed me to hear about sowing because sowing is the weapon of the chosen. When you're chosen, you're going to need the seed because you're going to get fought. Many things are going to come to kill your influence in this life and kill your assignment in this life. And if you're not a sower, it will take you out. If you're not in honor towards God, the devil will win you in this life. You need the seed. 
because you don't know how many people pray witchcraft against what you're believing God for. Some people love to see you depressed, sick, high blood pressure, not having good diagnosis from the doctor. Some people like seeing you got an old car. You're not living for that. But what I'm telling you is that you need to work God's laws so that God can back you. Because when you depend on people, they may be the very one that love to see you at poverty level, mm. at the level of struggling financially. Some people like to hear when you don't have enough money to feed your child. Some people love to hear when you're about to get pit out of your place. Some people love to hear that your car just broke down. You don't know what to do. So you need Jesus, our precious King Jesus, our beautiful Lord and Savior. You need him. And I realize that he sent me to the earth to move just like him. So I started sowing. And my goal was that $1,000 seed. And when I You can't believe the level of deception. You, you, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And when you look at this guy, Joshua Holmes, when you look at him on YouTube, and he, I don't know what millions he's talking about because he hardly gets that many views on his videos. He's wearing, I don't know how many gold bracelets, thick gold bracelets and gold rings and gold necklaces and he sits on, on what looks like a throne that's what happens you start thinking of yourself as some great thing and you wind up crazy like King Nebuchadnezzar you wind up going crazy like this man so it's a warning it's a warning and I, there's many of you that have been listening to this program for many years and so you've heard a lot of this before but there might be some new listeners out there and maybe you don't know and so if your church preaches these doctrines that you have to give money to get money then you're in the wrong place and if you're supporting some of these TV preachers and they're, and they're telling you the same thing, that a $1,000 seed moves God and you can get your healing and, you, and uh, you don't have to drive that old car and God will get your house and God will get your kids off drugs and God will give you household salvation, it's a lie. Because the Bible says we have not because we ask not. And sometimes we ask amiss, so we don't get what we're asking for. But if we need something from God, we, ha we, we ask. We don't have to put, give money to a preacher or to a television ministry to get what we need. We give to other people, to bless other people, to help other people, to help mission, missionaries, to... Uh, support your local church from your heart. You give from your heart. And whether you get anything back, that should be irrelevant, really. Because we, we need a lot more love in the body of Christ and we need a lot more real love in the body of Christ where we do things for each other because we, we just want to be a blessing. And that, that whole mindset of trusting God, believing God for your needs, and 
not using these despicable tactics, it'll take you far in life. That will take you far in life, is to seek first the kingdom of God and watch all the other things be added unto you. You follow the golden rule, which is do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And that will take you far in life. And trusting the Lord Jesus Christ that he's already provided. God knows what you need even before you ask. And he is a heavenly, loving heavenly father. So if your church or the ministry you're supporting uses these tactics, just leave. You're better off not going someplace and having to sit under these teachings or or people that use these manipulative manipulative techniques by telling you that God will curse you if you don't give 10% and your car will break down and your washing machine will break down and all these horrible things will happen to you. None of it is true. It's not true. God's love for us is not based on how much money we give to other people or how much money we give to ministries. God's love is unconditional, and he knows your heart. And the best way to give, really, is to be led by the Holy Spirit yourself. Without They, they always tell you that. The Lord is saying that there's a thousand people, or but it's not the Lord, because they're telling you that it's the Lord. When it's the Lord is when you're sitting in your house, and the television is off, and the computer is off, and God is telling you directly who you should help or who you should bless, then it's the Lord. But it's not the Lord when some preacher is telling you the Holy Spirit just said, when the Holy Spirit doesn't even talk like that. (laughs) So anyway, that's our program for today. I want to give a big shout out to everybody that stopped by today in the chat room and my listeners around the world, our brethren in Canada, who let's remember them in prayer as they're going through some terrible times there. And also the leaders of that country who who just are using the worst tactics possible to stop free speech. And then our brothers and sisters in Australia, South Africa, and the United Kingdom there. Thanks for tuning in and for... uh, being a part of our program, but let's remember the most important thing today is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him into your life? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we ask him. You say, well, I've committed so many sins, I don't think there's any hope for me. There is hope. And God says, when you repent, he forgets about your sins, whatever you did in the past. Maybe other people will try to throw it up in your face, and they usually do. But God will forget it. And he will give you a brand new life. A life that has peace, a life that has joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Jesus said in the third chapter of John that ye must be born again. First you're born of your mother. Then you must be born again of the Spirit of God. And the Bible says in Romans 10, confession is made with the mouth unto salvation. So confess your sins today. Ask Jesus to come into your life and to be your Lord. 
and ask him for his forgiveness, which he will give you freely. And he will give you a brand new life. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life serving the Lord. So thanks everybody for tuning in and God bless you. Shall I fear? Blessed be.